What do you do when you're a New York boy stuck in Massachusetts talking sports with you right here on a Tuesday? Let's go. It's another edition of WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 FM. WTBR in the beautiful Berkshire. 413-445-4234, the number to call right here on a Tuesday in the Sports Talk Party. Let's go. Everybody, welcome to another edition of WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 WTBR. Good morning, Robbie Zucker with you as always on Tuesday. How's everybody doing? Nice day outside, sunny in the 20s. You know, it's 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 February. So goodbye, January. Hello, February. February 1st. Isn't that nice that we're marching through February as we usually do, hopefully. And uh, of course, uh, I had a pretty good weekend and uh, I was basically home, relaxing without a car. So getting my car back this week, thank God. You know, it's tough when you don't have wheels, folks. It really is. It's like you have to rely on everybody. They drive you and you have to have, hi, could I get a ride here and a ride there? So thanks to my buddy Jerry for dropping me off today and stuff. And uh, yeah, I know I'm schlepping around the Berkshires with friends and all right, it's a cool it's a cool thing, you know. It's nice to have company, but it's also nice to have your own car to drive around and get stuff you want, you know. Anyway, 413-445-4234, here's the number to call as we talk about the world of sports and well the Super Bowl is set folks it is set the Giants have themselves a new coach the Raiders have a new coach and GM yes the Las Vegas Raiders and um, Denver Broncos uh, also have uh, a new coach of course and um, uh, so right now all the coaching changes are going on so I guess we could talk about the New York football Giants and then we'll talk about the games this weekend great games absolutely great games we'll get into it we'll talk about the play before the half with Kansas City. We'll get into McVay's lousy coaching, even though they won. We'll get into, you know, a billion different things about this game, both these games. And uh, I thought they were both great games. And uh, and now we have a Super Bowl, the surprising Cincinnati Bengals, who were in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. That's a long time ago already. I mean, I'm 56. I'm thinking, man, I was in my 20s the last time that they went to the Super Bowl with Boomer Esiason, right? So, uh, and they, of course, uh, lost to San Francisco again. And uh, I remember that uh, quite a long time ago, and that was a that was a pretty good game, actually. Right, it came down. I talked last week to uh, one of our callers, Eddie, uh, who calls from Pittsfield, and we talked about the John Taylor play. Right, when when Joe Montana drove the 49ers down, that was the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl. Four one three four four five four two three four here at ten oh three right here on WTBR eighty nine point seven FM. Looking outside, you know, it's such a nice view right here from the studio. I get to look outside right to the you know front door of the station. So you got a lot of sunshine coming in the window. So it's it's pretty nice. So and uh, anybody wants to come down here, come on down and check out the studio and also uh, a lot of chance to uh, be on the air and actually do what I do here, which is kind of a fun thing. So we do it every Tuesday. Anyway so let's talk about the New York football giants and the hiring of Brian Dable. Now, Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. And you could say he was a mentor, was certainly a mentor for Josh Allen and his development. And now that Josh Allen, you know, has become a great quarterback, you know, everybody in New York giant land thinks that Daniel Jones has become a great quarterback like, uh, you know, like Josh Allen. Well, let's hold the horses for a bit. But Dable had an excellent press conference yesterday. Uh, obviously, he's been doing this for a long time, 20 plus years as a um, <clears throat> as a uh, uh, not, you know, in every different facet of the game uh, with the 
organizations that he was with, Miami, New England, obviously Buffalo. So he's been doing this a long time. So Brian Dable brings a lot of experience, leadership, and working with Joe Shane, who was just hired, who actually was you know, the assistant general manager um, excuse me, to the Buffalo Bills. <clears throat> Get my voice a little into the water. <laughs> Too bad I don't have a secretary, right? Please fetch some water for me. Thank you. So the, um, so the Buffalo Bills, as I was saying, um, no longer have their assistant uh, general manager or their, um, their offensive coordinator. He is now in New York. 413-445-4234. We'll take our first caller right now, right here on WTBR Sports Talk. So let's go to the phones this morning. Hello, you're on the air. Who am I speaking with? Hello? Hello, Robbie. Yeah. Danny? Hey, this is Danny calling. Hey, what's going on, brother? How are you? Thanks for calling up. Good. How are you? Good. Did you watch the football games this weekend? Oh, good. Hey, listen, what do you think about uh, Tom Brady being called the best player of all time? The GOAT, the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, it's funny because my friend, my buddy Gerard down in Florida, he, he's a former Dolphins fan that just absolutely loves Brady. I mean, I, I think I, I wanted to tell him he should date Brady. He loves this guy so much. It's amazing. I've never heard of a Dolphin fan that kisses the tuchus of uh, Tom Brady more than my friend down in Florida. But as far as stats go, I mean, to me, if I had to have one guy to drive me down the field at the end of a game and I'm losing and I need a guy to drive me down in the last minute and a half, two minutes of a game, it's Tom Brady. No doubt about it. But you know what? It's it's tough to compare all kinds of errors with quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady has, you know, the passing. Look, and look, his average pass was probably 10 yards. You look at the guys years ago that played quarterback. I mean, a guy like Staubach didn't throw 10 yards. And all these other guys I grew up with, Tarkington don't, didn't throw 10 yards unless it was a screen pass. Now you have all this different, you know, West Coast style offense. So, yeah, stats say so forth. But, I mean, as far as athletes go or quarterbacks, as far as talent, I mean, Marino was a great passer. Elway was a great passer. Staubach, you know, Bradshaw. There's so many guys out there. You know, Dan Fouts. I'm just thinking, but, yeah, if you want to put the stats together and say he's the best quarterback of all time, yeah, that's fine. You can say that. So, but, uh, you know, <laughs> subjectivity is objective, but I would say based on his stats, yeah, but I get so sick and tired. The GOAT, the greatest of all time. I, I guarantee you Brady's going to try to come back. Watch. Watch him announce that he's coming back with some other team or he's coming back to Tampa. You know, this guy's never going to go away. I mean, seriously. He's, I don't know if he's going to retire. He says he's going to, but you never know, you know. It's not that easy to walk away from the game when you love something that you do. And plus, this guy's playing at a top-notch level. This guy led the league in passing yards and, and touchdowns. So it's not like he's terrible, you know. It's not like he's fading into oblivion. He's 44, and he's just as good as he was when he was younger. So anyway, so how you doing on the road, all right? Okay, Robbie. I love your show, brother. Keep up the good work. Thanks, man. That was that was basically a soliloquy. Okay, no, no problem, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Dan. Thanks. Have a good day. Stay safe. All right. Be, okay, have a good. You too. All right. All right. That's uh, Danny checking in right there on here on WTBR. My buddy down uh, doing his route down there, up and down, and the Berkshires there, delivering people and friends all those uh, wonderful products <laughs> that he does deliver. So. But anyway, 413-445-4234. We were getting into the hiring of Brian Dable. And like I said, with Brian Dable, you know, he brings a lot of experience and, uh, you know, a great attitude. I loved his press conference yesterday. Press conferences are kind of a, you know, you take them or you leave them. You know, a lot of questions that are open-ended. He wasn't going to make any promises to anybody, you know, but he just wanted to say that he's going to bring organization. He's going to bring good coaching. And I think between him and Joe Shane, I think they're going to do a good job. I really think for the first time, you know, John Maris, since he got it right since uh, he was a kid, you know, I'm thinking 1979 when they finally brought somebody outside from the organization in George Young who had actually built the Dolphin teams in the 70s with Greasy and Zonka and, you know, Mercury Morris and Kick and all those guys. And uh, at one time, Paul Warfield as well was one of the great receivers when I was a kid growing up, and they didn't wear gloves. You know, this wearing gloves thing. Ask the guy from San Francisco who should have some gloves on. Playing in L.A. this week, and he couldn't catch the ball for the 49ers on an interception that I think, you know, my, I don't, I think, you know, my nephew could have caught, you know, or, you know, whatever. It's just so ridiculous. It was an easy interception. So, But we'll talk about that San Francisco-L.A. Uh, game, which was an interesting game. But uh, let's start. let's start with the opening game. Let's start with the Kansas City game and Cincinnati game. You know, there's sometimes when quarterbacks and coaches trust each other too much. And in the case of Andy Reid, I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes was insane. He's running around like a little kid trying to throw the ball. And I just thought there was just, 
you know, the play before the half. So let's talk about what went on. So Kansas City goes down the field three times. They score 21 points. The Bengals answer with a field goal. Then the Bengals answer with a beautiful run before the half to make it 21 to 10 with about maybe a minute and a half, about two minutes left to go in the first half. So the Chiefs drive down again, and of course it's Tyree Kill with a huge play, and here come the Chiefs again. You're thinking they're going to score again, and the half's going to be over. It's going to be 28 to 10. The game's going to be over. But, oh, this is what happens. The Chiefs drive down to about the five-yard line, ready to go in for a touchdown, and they decide with five seconds left that instead of kicking the field goal, they're going to go for it. Now, the play, evidently, Andy Reid said after the postgame, was supposed to go in to the end zone. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? You know, you've got five seconds left. You have to make that decision. That ball's got to go into the end zone. Either it's incomplete and stops the clock, and you kick the field goal, or, you know, you get a touchdown. So what does he do? He gets greedy, Mahomes, and he decides he's going to throw the ball on a screen to Tyree Kill. Eli Apple, former New York Giant, <laughs> makes a tackle, and uh, suddenly the clock runs out, and instead of being up, you know, say 24 to 10, it's only an 11-point game. Well, what a flashback to a bunch of weeks ago when the Cincinnati Bengals on their own field uh, at Paul Brown Stadium were down by 11 to the Kansas City Chiefs at halftime. And what happened? They came back and they won by three. Second half, I thought the Cincinnati defense was tremendous. I thought they did a great job. Former Giant B.J. Hill makes an interception that turns the game around for the Bengals. And suddenly, before you know it, and how good is Joe Burrow? And suddenly, before you know it, the Bengals drive down, and it's 24 uh, to 13. They drive down again. And, I mean, just absolutely fantastic. T. Higgins and, of course, Jamar Chase, who's terrific, who played with, with, uh, with Joe Burrow at LSU. That was great teaming them up and drafting both of them. And, and when they would focus too much on Jamar Chase, there's T. Higgins making big catches. And uh, they were tremendous yesterday. So when you look at this game, Kansas City, 375 yards, the, you know, um, basically with, with uh, 236 passing for Kansas City, 243 uh, a passing for Cincinnati. Rushing yards were, you know, 116, I believe, for, for Cincinnati, 139 for Kansas City. Kansas City stopped rushing the ball in the second half. They just got away from it. They did a great job in the first. McKinnon was running the ball well. Solaire was running the ball well. And they were doing well with running the football. And all of a sudden, I think they just relied way too much on Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, he looked silly in some, some senses. He really did. He looked really silly. Um making plays, running around a little bit too much. And I think that Andy Reid trusts them a little bit too much on plays. And they got away from what they were doing in the first half, which was to run the ball and then go play action. And uh, believe it or not, Tyreek Hill did not have a catch in the second half. Just an amazing job by the Cincinnati uh, defense. And then, of course, with a few minutes left, Instant Eric McPherson, Evan McPherson, this guy's unbelievable, kicks a 52-yarder to put the Bengals up by three, and now Mahomes got the ball, and all of a sudden the Chiefs drive down. And I'm going, oh, man, they're going to win the game here. And Tony Romo's th- you know, th- th- is you know, talking about, this is so weird. If anybody listened to the broadcast on Sunday, Romo's talking about scoring, letting them score. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, this is not going to be a three-point game. It's a four-point game. So Nance is like trying to correct him. I'm looking, I'm going, wait a second. Why is this guy talking about, you know, scoring intentionally, letting them score when it would have put them up by four, not three. So that made no sense to me at the point. I couldn't understand what, what, what they were talking about. And, uh, you know, it was just a complete blunder on the part of Romo. Romo's like, you know, you know, Romo's an interesting character. I mean, he's pretty good at what he does. I like him. He's entertaining. But sometimes he's like, you know, he, he's kind of just starting to predict things without really knowing what's going to happen. Or he says things that all of a sudden I shake my head and go, wait a second. Like in the case of the fact that, that he wanted them to you know, get a touchdown intentionally like Kansas City scoring. But that would have put him up, up by four, not three. So 413-445-4234 right here. A number to call right here in WTBR Sports Talk. And we talked about um, this particular play uh, before the half. And I just don't understand what they were thinking. So that cost them big time. The difference between a 14-point lead and 11-point lead. You know, that's, that's a big deal. That's two touchdowns Cincinnati has to make up for. So, But by the end of the game, anyway, so McPherson kicks the field goal. 52 yards. This guy is perfect. Perfect. Last week, he comes out for the winning field goal. And he says, hey, guys, we're going, to the, we're going to the AFC Championship game. And he kicks the field goal through. So anyway, so they, 
They get the ball, and they drive down the field, Kansas City. And Mahomes, for some reason, they don't run the ball. And he's, like, running around like Charlie Brown. And the Bengals make a great play. They, you know, they, they, it's an incomplete pass. The next play, they sack him. And before you know it, Buckner's kicking, like, a 30, like a 43-yard, 44-yard field goal to tie the game. So Buckner ties the game. I'm like, here we go again. Here are the Chiefs going to win again. They're going to get the coin toss in overtime. Bang, they get the coin toss in overtime. I'm like, oh, man, this game's over. you got a tired Cincinnati defense. And, um, you know, I'm thinking, oh, Mahomes is going to drive him right down the field. Forget it. You know, they're going to the Super Bowl again. I have to put up with them again. I have to put up Mahomes and Kelsey and, uh, and all these guys again and Tyree Kill again. And I'm like, man, so what happens? Cincinnati intercepts the ball on a play that before that, Eli Apple had the easiest interception of all time and dropped it. And then after that, they intercept the ball again. And Tony Romo's like, they're driving the ball Cincinnati. He's like, he says, the Bengals are going to go to the Super Bowl. And Nance is like trying to calm him down. You know, Nance is like, hey, 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 wait a second. Anything can happen. And I'm sitting there watching the game and I'm going, wait a second. I'm like, kick the ball already. Kick the field goal. It's like first down, they're running the ball. And, and then finally on third down, on second down, sorry, in second down, they decide, okay, we're going we're gonna to sit down the ball. McPherson will come out. So McPherson runs out in the field. He goes, hey, guys, we're going to the Super Bowl. And next thing you know, kicks the ball 30 yards through the uprights and the Cincinnati Bengals for the first time since 1988 going to the big dance. So give me a call if you want to talk football about that. We'll also talk about um, uh, the weekend for the Celtics, the weekend for the Bruins, the weekend for the Rangers, the Knicks. Um, I'm trying to get my buddy Evan Valenti, who's really the resident expert on college basketball and NBA, to come on next week and talk about the NBA trading deadline. There's trade rumors with uh, Schroeder going to to Phoenix, and then I don't know what's going to go on with the Knicks. I mean, there's been so many different things. They, they traded for Cam Reddish recently, and the thing is, Thibodeau doesn't even, you know, he doesn't even use anybody that's young on, on that court. So we'll talk about that in a little while. But uh, we'll focus more on, on the games here. But uh, I, just, I just don't understand Andy Reid. And the thing about Andy Reid to me, like I said, putting too much trust in Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was terrible. And you saw last year what Tampa was able to do against Mahomes. Now, granted, his offensive line was banged up. But man, I'll tell you, it's unbelievable when you think about when you think about the situation, the fact that Mahomes was so good in the first half until that play. It almost like it's stuck in his head. It's almost like he came out on the field and he was trying to make up for the blunder that he did at halftime. He was terrible, and they only gave up three points. It's amazing. Anyway, four one three four four five four two three four. Let's go back to the phones right here on WTBR Sports Talk. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yep. Who's this? Uh, Eddie Gall from Pittsfield. Eddie, what's up, man? I just mentioned you before because we were talking about the John Taylor play. So what do you think? I didn't even hear it. Yeah, uh, so what do you think? I thought it could be a call about uh, saying it's the third time for the turn for, uh, for the Bengals. Yeah, right. I thought they were going to play San Francisco again. Wouldn't that have been interesting? Three times well, against that's them. what I said last yeah, week. Right, you know, right. We'll, we'll, we'll see. You know what I mean? But I think they're going to beat the Rams. You know what I mean? Third time's a charm. You know, one Burrows of the is a good quarterback. Right. And I think, you know, to go back to you know, what you're saying about Brady, I think he's going to play for San Francisco. Really? Yeah, that's his home. He grew up a, a, a Niners fan. That's right. That's right. Wouldn't yeah, that so wouldn't think, that be you know, interesting? I'm just guessing. You know what I mean? Do you know what? That's a great prediction because I said he's going to be back because everybody's like, oh, thank God he retired. And I was like, you know, all my friends that can't stand Tom Brady and can't stand the Patriots and so forth, they're like, oh, wow, thank God he's retired. Finally, he's out. My God, we don't have to put up with this anymore. And I said, you know what? I don't know if he's ready to retire. What would you oh. think? Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 not to interrupt you, but... He, no, it's he fine, another, Doesn't away. he have another year? Didn't he sign a two-year deal again after he won the Super Bowl last year that, no, an extension? Yeah, yeah, I think he did, actually. I yeah, think he so did, he's yeah. Got so he's got left, another so. year left. Right, right, right. So <laughs> wouldn't that be interesting going to San Francisco? You know what? He could help the 49ers win a... Uh, win a uh, uh, Super Bowl. You know what's interesting? I got to ask you about that because, you know, I was going to mention the game with L.A. and San Francisco. You know, I don't understand what the heck Shanahan does. Now, I, I thought I thought that McVay coach, coached a terrible game, too. Used all his timeouts, was, you know, asking for replays and challenges, which didn't make any sense, and used all his timeouts. But I don't understand Shanahan. You got a you know, fourth down and two. You got a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And, and I don't know what, there was about eight or nine minutes, maybe nine, ten minutes left in the game. Plenty of time, though. 
But I don't understand why you don't go for it there. I mean, and Debo Samuel had no part of the game at the end. You put the hands, you, again, you put, put the hands. You put the game in the hands again of Jimmy Garoppolo, and you did the same thing in the Super Bowl two years when you could have run the ball. Well, that's was, why I'm saying if Garoppolo's out of there, you know, and, and if, if, if Brady's going to come back, you know, go out there and maybe he went out there, you know what I mean? But he's already done enough anyways, but yeah, they're not going to do anything with Garoppolo. Yeah, but, you know, the fact that he walked away, that he says he's walking away, just it just doesn't jive with me after a loss. It just, I don't know, man. I just, the guy led the league in touchdowns and, and, and passing yards. I mean, he's still really good. I mean, why would you want to walk away? You're playing so well, you know? It just, I. Well, at 44, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's 44. I don't he's still say you and I played at 44. No offense. But I know. You know what I mean? He still throws the ball 40, 60 yards down the field, for crying out loud. The guy still has a great arm and stuff. So we'll Carita. see. We'll see what happens. But I have to ask you about that, about the. Uh, about Shanahan at the end, because to me, if you watch Tampa Bay and you watch Brady, especially when you know him and Byron Leftwich, they do this a lot, and it's really, it's really the Belichick system being played pretty much by Leftwich. But if you look at, like, they didn't even try a screen pass to Dable Samuel with a minute 46 and a couple timeouts at the end of that game uh, against the Rams. I thought Aaron Donald was terrific. Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, it's like, they, you know, I'm just not impressed with Shanahan in game situations. Neither was I impressed with McVay, so... And, uh, yeah, but Shanahan, yeah. you know, he's been an off, off and on uh, coach, you know, for wherever he goes. He blew two but, Denver, he, but he blew two. Su- well, you're thinking of his father, but he blew two Super Bowls. I mean, think about it. He was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons when they lost, when they had a 28 to three lead in the Super Bowl, and he was also, and he was also obviously the head coach two years ago when he had seven minutes left and relied too much on Jimmy Garoppolo. You have seven minutes left. You're up by ten points. Run the ball. He kept letting Garoppolo throw, and he kept throwing incomplete passes. Stop the clock. Kansas City scored 14 points before you know it and won the game. I agree, it's Rob. I agree. Stupid, and, you right? know, the thing about it is that it, it, it's, it's all comes down to for game clock, and they, they don't manage the clock. Yeah, I, exactly. I haven't seen coaches with such poor clock management skills in my life. I thought Zach Taylor coached. I thought the Cincinnati defense yesterday was tremendous. In the, and isn't it funny? Former Giants and stuff are making plays. Oh, yeah, the it's Giants. Hilarious. Don't get me going about the Giants. Yeah, I know. Well, what do you think of the Brian Dable? What do you think of Brian Dable? Uh, I, I think it's a good. I think both picks are good, but they have to get the tools to run the toolbox. Yeah, exactly. I mean? Yeah, you got to get a quarterback. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. I'm just not. And it's not Jones's fault that he's picked at six. You know, from Duke. And I watched, you know, I watched films of, of, of Daniel Jones before he got drafted. I said, oh, this kid's pretty good. He's got, you know, some size, some speed. You know, he can, he can throw, you know. But when you look at him, and I'm not going to sit there and knock the offensive line the whole time. It's a bad offensive line. We know that. But at some point, you've got to make some plays. You know what I mean, Eddie? You, you I agree. No, yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. But the thing about it is I hate to be nostalgic and I hate to go back in time. But I'm 50 years old, and Phil Sims started off slow. Right, and they right. eventually built around him, and he won. He won two. Well, actually, won Super Bowl, and Hassler won the other. But right, right. eventually, you're going to build around them, and maybe up, 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 the puzzles will fit. Well, I hope so. This is the first time they brought somebody out from the organization. It's funny that you mentioned Phil Simms. I was at the game against the Vikings when he got hurt that year, 90, the the year they won the Super Bowl, and I was at that game, and then Haas took over. I thought he got hurt against the Bills. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 he did. He got hurt against the Bills. I was at that game. It was the Viking game. Sorry, it it was the game against the Bills he got hurt. And right, I, right, and then I and then and I was, and finished Hostel, the right, deal. Right, I stand corrected. It was the Bills game that was out. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah, right. It's insane, but uh, you know, Phil Simms started off slow, so the same thing could happen with Jones. You never know. You know, you put the puzzles together, and. You never know. Well, I think Daniel can be serviceable. I just think the Giants should build their defense, too, but they have to build. The problem with the Giants is simple. It's just they're not good in the trenches. They're not good in, 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 on the offensive line, and they stink on the defensive line. The last time they won the Super Bowl, they were great on the offensive line and great on the defensive line. I mean, right. that was the difference. Yeah, but, my, my, you know, my problem is, is and, I, and I told you this a couple of years, uh, a couple of weeks ago when I talked to you, yeah. is a secondary. Too much zone. they got to get faster people, and, and you know what I mean? Too much zone. You can't. You can't let a, a, an offense pick you apart. No, I agree. I agree. And I'm thinking of the Tampa game where basically they deferred. Like Joe Judge decides to give the ball to Brady, and he's a dink, dink, dunk, dunk. There wasn't even a third down on that drive. And before you know, three minutes, Tampa's in the end zone. The Giants are behind seven, nothing. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the thing is though, if you have a good pass rush, your secondary can look brilliant. Though that's the thing. I mean, you look back at '86, the Giants didn't have a great secondary. They had a great front seven. That's why. No, they won, right. You know exactly. So, well, yeah, look at Tampa. All that look at Tampa. To get to the 
a quarterback. Right. Look at Tampa. They didn't have a great, great uh, secondary last year. They had a great front seven. That's what won them the whole thing. You exactly. Know, so, exactly. Anyway. Hey, they take so off your time. And oh, my if God, I'm, if, I'm in, if I'm around that area... Because I work a lot. Yeah, stop in, I'll man. I'll check in. I'll come on uh, Federico and take you out. Absolutely, man. Stop in, brother. Sounds yeah, you good. You have a good day. You too. Thanks for calling, Eddie. As always, appreciate it. Yeah. All right. That's Eddie checking in right there. 1024 right here on uh, WTBR Sports Talk. Robbie Zucker uh, with you on another beautiful Tuesday in the Boykshires. That's right. We're going to take this time out for a little bit, and then uh, we'll be back uh, with more uh, WTBR Sports Talk. I smoke because it's a habit. It's very hard to quit. I've tried. My wife smokes. It's not allowed in the home. It's not allowed around my children. I just know it isn't good. My husband hates that I smoke, and I smoke outside. It irritates her a little bit, but I think she sees and understands what I'm trying to get across to her, that it's not only bad to her, but it's bad to my three beautiful daughters and my two sons. My dad gets upset with my mom because she smokes and he doesn't, and whenever my mom goes and smokes, she has to go smoke outside. I don't think my mom should smoke because it's really bad for you, and it could hurt you really bad. I do think there is a correlation between parents and kids. The parents smoke, the kids think it's okay for them to smoke. Sometimes all you need is a small reason to quit. Yeah, I love my mom very much, but I still wish she'd stop smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hello, Phil Tierney here the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8. And if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live, uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. Larry Krepke here from Nothing But Old 45s, inviting you to check out my brand new show here on WTBR called Sweet Country Music. Some of the best country music ever recorded, like Dolly Parton, Alan Jackson, Patsy Cline, and a lot more. Plus, every show contains a comedy segment that'll put a smile on your face. Sweet Country Music, 11 a.m. Sunday mornings here on 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio. WTBR-FM is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'll be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. No nonsense, no messing around, just 100% pure raw. Unplug your appliances. We need the power. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 WTBR. Robbie Zucker with you here on another Tuesday, as always. 413-445-4234. And on the line, my dear friend Ralph Romeo from WPAT in New York. What's up, Ralphie boy? How are you? I hear you for some reason. Yeah, no, I, I, maybe, I had, I had maybe, to hit maybe the, because I'm on the other end of no, the planet no. here. <laughs> no, I had no, I had to hit the call button. I had to hit the okay. call. Yeah, because I had. Well, I, well, I am in. I'm in, I'm in a place called Wantage, New Jersey. They haven't discovered electricity. We have no uh, <laughs> nothing that's uh, anything. We we have um, nothing here but um, the bare essence of life. It's actually pretty good. The bare necessities. Those bare necessities. There you go. <laughs> the bare you, necessities. Yeah, you're walking around yeah. with Mo- what was this Mowgli and uh, what's it called? The bear, right from from Jungle Book, dancing around. 
Where is this place? Do, do, I, do you have that button pushed right now? Because I still can barely hear you. I don't know you why. Barely, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay, be I'm sorry. I'll try to get you as right well there. as how's, I can. How's that, how's that sound? Is that good? Yeah, yeah. A little better. I'm in I'm in a diner right now. I'm going to have some scrambled eggs. But I'll, t- I'll tell you something Which about diner? Brady, if oh. I can get on that subject. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. The you, the you, know, you know, here's a guy who's possibly, he has the best knack of coming back from from a deficit that anybody ever had that ever played that game, including Montana, including Marino, including Unitas, including anybody you want to include, Elway, anybody. There's, there's this guy, you can never count him out. If there's a possibility of winning a ball game, he'll find a way to do it. And the whole idea that he's 44 years old is just kind of like icing on the cake. It's an enormous feat for a guy to play at that level at 44 years old in the NFL with 25-year-old guys. Yeah, it's amazing. Like like I said, he, he, I, I just think that somebody, our last caller, Eddie, talked about him going to San Francisco, which is pretty amazing, I think. that's <laughs> That would be interesting because he's from that area. He grew up a 49ers fan, so that would be very interesting to see if he would go play. And you got to remember, you know, what's a, you know what's a rarity, and I've never seen a football player even say this. Yeah. The guy's a, the guy's a vegan playing a game like football where bulk and muscle is paramount. And you got a guy there eating uh, shrubbery, <laughs> and he, he actually and he actually puts he, around, he actually finds a way right. to do to to keep this plant based diet, and you know work around his football career because I know these guys in these strength sports they're afraid to go away from meat, but somehow he was, he was able to do it. Yeah, I was a vegetarian for a year, and then I kind of gave it up. I wish I had gone back to it with all the gut issues lately, you know, and stuff, experience and stuff, but. Uh, yeah, I know. That's yeah, it's interesting, you know, um, that he does that, and you think he would eat more meat and more, he'd be, you know, attached to more protein and stuff. So, so what's good there? It sounds like the pancakes are being served. <laughs> well, you know, they have. They have. You heard of breakfast at Tiffany's? Breakfast with Ralphie, ladies and gentlemen. Huh? They just have uh, silver dollar pancakes here. Hi, I got an important call, but I'll be with. Uh, this water's good for me. I'm sorry to do that. We have a, we have a nice waitress here. There you um, go. <laughs> yeah, Cindy, Cindy's right here sitting across from me and said, why are you talking sports when we're in Wantage, New Jersey for the first where, time? Where exactly is Wantage? If you said it's like, you know, they don't discover electricity, I figured it was close to Edison, so that's why. It, no, you're, you're far off. It's right next to Pluto and Jupiter and Mars, actually. <laughs> no, I, it's, no I, it's not. It's, it's, right, it's right up by West Milford. Okay, I live uh, in... Route Right, it's, right. It's, it's Essex. It's, it's uh, Essex Sussex, County, right? Sussex County, Sussex New County, Jersey, right? Actually. Yeah, I, I lived in Fort Lee, right off the bridge, because that was the hop, step, and a jump for my father in his office in the Bronx. So that's that was my experience in New Jersey, going to Botchnik's as a little kid for egg salad. So that's pretty much my memories. Well, for, well, Fort Lee, New Jersey, used to be all Italians, and the demographics have changed considerably. But it's a great town. But you live right outside of the George Washington Bridge, right. and you're just a stone's throw from uh, New York City. You can't beat it. Right, that's what my dad used to do. He'd just jump on the bridge and right down to the Deegan, bang, he was there, into the Bronx. So, And then we used to go to the stadium when I was a kid, which was always fun, you know, so that was always a good time. Well, I used to, I used to actually live in a town called Leonia. Yeah, I remember Leonia, New Jersey, yeah. So, a lot of, and, a lot and of Italians there, as far as the football there, right? games go, I didn't watch any, I got to be honest with you, I didn't watch any of them. But, but as far as the um, the basketball season in New York, I mean, it's gone down the drain with, if you're a Knicks fan. What, what do you think of the... Uh, situation at the garden well right now they went out and they got cam reddish right they went out and got reddish and so forth from from uh, atlanta for knox and a um uh for knox and, and a and draft pick and i don't know what they're going to do with the trade deadline but try, quite frankly i'd like to see them trade julius randall because i think he's really a bad seed for the knicks right now and i think tom Thibodeau's is not the right coach to me if they're going to keep Thibodeau, he's going to have to change his ways a little bit a la tommy kaufman maybe you know i'm not saying not be tough or anything like that but i'm just saying you know kind of change his ways about playing the young players because to me playing the starting five that they play is awful and, and derrick rose hasn't been playing they miss derrick rose terribly i mean obviously he gives you points you know he's he gives you assists he drives the ball to the basket and i don't know what's really going to happen with them at this point the celtics are talking about trading schroeder to to phoenix there's a couple other rumors about the celtics but i don't really know what's going to go on with the knicks they, they made this trade for this kid they got a good player he was he was the 10th overall pick uh, a couple of years ago and um i don't know what they're going to do i mean i have no idea but all i know is right now they haven't been playing great basketball um you know they've been up well, and yeah it's a weird rotation 
if you if you notice, he doesn't utilize his bench properly. And you know, when you got this coach, when we got this coach, when the Knicks got this coach, we thought this was this was it. I mean, he was if anybody was going to do it, he was going to do it. I tell you, when they get to New York, I don't know what happens to some of these guys. Whether it's um, other distractions going on, they're better off in a smaller a smaller venue. I, I don't know, but they don't seem to be the coach. The same thing with the guy that used to coach out in California, and he came here. His name escapes me. Um, with a little mustache, you know what I'm talking about? A little mustache. He used to, he used to coach. I can't remember his name, but he used to coach um, offense the way he would. He would believe that he wanted to score about 130 points, and he keep oh. the, the opposing team to 125. Okay. No, when I, when I thought of that, I thought of Don Nelson with the old Nuggets teams. We used to score like crazy. Are you t- well, Dan Tony Nelson, was, Nelson was a heck of a coach. Yeah. I think Don yeah. Nelson is a good coach. Yeah, he was all right. He just didn't believe too much in defense, but not bad, you know. But they used to play those games like up and down, up and down the floor. Well, Dan Tony's not a defensive guy. Dan, that's what yeah, I'm talking about. Dan Tony, Tony, yeah. Yeah, 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 Dan, to me, he ruined the game. He's the one that started all the three-point nonsense all the time. I mean, he was the three-point nonsensical guy that started all this nonsense, you know, to me, with the, with chucking threes and about analytics and mathematics and all this other nonsense, you know. So, hey, you know, I have to say, you know, the team that kind of reverts back to the old-fashioned basketball, I still say it right now, say, say these guys didn't put such a monopoly on the three-pointer and they kind of tried to get as close to the basket, which you always say. Right. You know, the whole idea that Naismith went, went about his business about years ago he said, get as close to the basket as you possibly can, put the ball in the hole, and settle for two points. You know, if the team would go uh, do their, their, their business that way, you'd see a resurgence maybe. If the team was successful, you'd see other teams following their footsteps, you well, know. But yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen well, anytime soon. Well, the problem is you have, like, Joel Embiid's a guy who'll post up. You know, you watch him, and, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, um, I was thinking of uh, Zabonis in Indiana and then Jokic in Denver, but like, but a lot of these guys they don't facilitate the ball through the post like they used to do anymore. I mean, a guy would stand in the posters, your center would stand in the post, and he would facilitate the ball whether he kicked out for a shot on the on the on the you know on the strong side or pass the ball to a weak side cutter or go and set the ball to the top of the key and have the guy shoot or drive the ball to the basket and dish for a dunk. I mean. You don't see as much as that. You see five guys surrounding the perimeter, taking shots, not even going for rebounds, and then it's just a three-point bonanza. I mean, I've watched games where, you know, there's sequences where you have ten shots and they're all just three-point shots, and there's no thought process at all to it. Uh, you know, well, I don't... It's about having as many possessions as you can. Right, but not, you... letting the, not letting the shot, shot clock uh, wind down too much so you can have more possessions. You know, if you have more possessions, you have more shots, three-point shots to be exact. And that's the way they, they, they coach basketball these days. But my question to you is, that my question to you basically is, 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 is it more important to have integrity? I can't even say the word integrity because obviously there's guys that play with integrity. But is it, yep. is it better to have just have mathematics and analytics or is it better to have an entertaining game? Is it more exciting for a guy to hit a ball to second base and have the guy standing in the outfield? Or is it more exciting for a guy to hit the ball through, you know, through the outfield for a base hit and have him go for, for a double, whatever? It's just... It's the analytics. Is, well, 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 Rob, the yeah. NBA is an entertainment venue more so than any other sport. You go watch a hockey game. You're watching, you know, cohesive play. Of but if you go, if you watch the NBA, well, how do they how do they actually promote the game? So, say LeBron is coming to town. Right. Kobe, you know, right. I know he's passed. Kobe is coming to town. Right. They don't say they don't say the team is coming to town. They say the player right. is coming to it's town. Much more, and you have right. people in the fa- in the stands, Rob. That root for individuals, they don't even care about their home team anymore. I know it's, it's it is it's an it's really a, a star based league, whereas hockey is hockey star based, but not as much. Hockey's more team team based and more team oriented. I mean, basketball, you try and it was, but you know what, Ralph? It was that way years ago too, and people gravitated towards teams and players. But the thing is that there was much more. Um, how can I say? It? It was the game was more entertaining to watch. It, the only team that I watch that's fairly entertaining to me is is the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they're entertaining to watch. That's about it. I mean, Philadelphia's not well, bad. It, you know, you said team and players. If if it was split in half, it would be okay. But really, the team is secondary. And you know that Garden is filled with people that don't care about actual basketball. You have some hardcore people there left, I, I would assume, but. These guys, this is the place to be. If the Knicks get good, this is the place to be, the place to go, the place to be seen. Right, right. You want to get on your social media and say you went to the Garden last night with with, with all the fans. And that's the way basketball is promoted, unfortunately. 
Hey, hey let, let me let me take off and let me just say, you know, listen in tonight. Oh, by the way, yeah, I was going to ask you about your Wolf, show. I have so. Rick Wolf again uh, this. Oh this yeah, how'd that go? How'd that go? I'm so it. sorry, I've been catching the show. I've been feeling that great, so but uh, I'm going to go see my yeah, mom but, today. But tonight you can catch me. You can catch me tonight on the WPAT nine thirty AM dot com at eight o'clock Eastern. And, so uh, yeah, you so, know, let it fly. Yeah, are you still doing I, the commute into really the city? I appreciate it, man. Wish I me luck in Wantage. Huh? Wish me luck in Wantage. New Jersey. A Wantage? Oh, yeah, I was going to say from Wantage, New Jersey. I'd never heard of the place. My God. It's like, how many years did and I you live? Think I'm gonna call the, you think I'm going to call your show and say, hey, this is Ralph from Wantage? <laughs> no way. I'm still I'm still Ralph from Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Why. Well, I was Robbie in Portchester, Robbie in York, Robbie in Erie, PA, Robbie in Lenox, Massachusetts for what? For, for 16, 17 oh, oh, years. By the, by the way, yeah. Rob Freed actually threw me an olive branch. Oh, he nice. said something nice about me on Rick Wolf on Sunday, <laughs> ah. and so he, he, it was a truce between the two of us. I actually, I actually love the guy. He's a, he's a great guy. I, I, I I'm just can be a little. Can't Shall we say pistols at dawn? <laughs> he's, a real, he's a really nice guy. Because you know why? You know why I'm mentioning his name right now? Rob's I know intense. He's on the line. He's on the line waiting for me to get up so he can talk. Yeah, to Rob's me. intense. So okay, buddy. I'll see you soon. All right, brother. God bless. Have a good show okay. tonight. All right, break a leg. All right. Uh, my buddy Ralph Romeo of WPAT checking in right here. 413-445-4234, number to call right here on WTBR Sports Talk as we have about 20 minutes left in our program as we do every Tuesday morning. Robbie Sucker here on 89.7. And as you look around this afternoon, a great show if you haven't heard it yet. Beatles Forever at 4 o'clock. I just got a chance to watch more of Get Back from 7 hours, and I'm really enjoying it being the Beatles nut that I am. And, of course, you walk in here in the WTBR studio, and there's the you just look up to the right side of uh, of the glass there, and there's the full bowl. Sitting there, we have a nice Beatles clock in there. So anyway, four one three four four five four two three four number to call. So uh, anyway, um, we were talking about the games over the weekend, and of course, it's the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Rams will be a three point favorite. Uh, the under over right now, I think, is about fifty. So we're going to uh, take a break, and then then we'll come back and we'll talk about the Rams game and the Forty ers and the Super Bowl, and maybe catch a little bit of hockey talk right here. On 98.7 WTBR. Diabetes is a killer. After I was diagnosed, I had no pain. I didn't feel sick, so I didn't listen to my doctor. Then it struck. I had a heart attack, then a stroke, and I was only 49. If only I'd known. If only I'd listened. People with diabetes are two to four times more likely to suffer a stroke than people without diabetes and many who survive are severely disabled. You can reduce your risk of stroke by lowering your blood sugar, blood pressure, and cholesterol. You should also talk to your healthcare provider about taking aspirin, and if you smoke, get help to quit. To learn more about reducing your risk of stroke, call 1-800-DIABETES for your free diabetes survival guide. It's not too late. Don't let diabetes destroy your life. A message from the American Diabetes Association and the American College of Cardiology. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Persia County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Wheeling the Pathways of Life is a snapshot of the day-to-day experiences of disabled individuals as they navigate the world around us. We wish to shed light on and open your eyes to a new perspective of people with disabilities. Listen to Wheeling the Pathways of Life every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. on WTBR 89.7 FM with a live simulcast on Access Pittsfield, cable channel 1301. At Pittsfield Community Television, we have a saying, anyone can learn to create television. With the support of trained production staff, we can teach you how to professionally operate a camcorder, use editing software to tell a story, work as a team in a production studio, and take those skills into the community. If you've been curious as to how video production works, we'd love to have you as a member. Visit us online at pittsfieldtv.org or call us at 445-4234 for more information. 
kids, Bigfoot, Koreans, yep. garbage pail kids. We got something for just about everybody. Hipsters. WTBR. Welcome back to WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 FM. WTBR, Robbie Zucker, keeping you company for another 15 minutes or so. 413-445-4234, number to call. Thanks for Ralph and Eddie for checking in today. It's always nice to get calls on here. And uh, I was saying uh, there's such a great show at 4 o'clock. If you tune in today at 4 o'clock on WTBR, you get the great uh, Beatles Forever show, which is fantastic. And lately I've been watching a lot of the Get Back series, you know, and... uh, was fun uh, just watching the Beatles actually have fun at that period because for so many years you know we've always seen the let it be footage of the Beatles and you know being the big Beatles nut that I am you know I always say to my to my friends you know three most important things in my life growing up you know like God and my parents and family and then the Beatles but not necessarily in that order so but um Anyway, so this this great documentary that Peter Jackson put together is fantastic. And this week, actually, I hope it's locally, IMAX is showing, the IMAX Theater is showing a bunch of the, uh, of the rooftop concerts. So you get to go to IMAX Theater and see the rooftop concert. Oh, granted, it's not that long, okay? And, uh, you know, I watch that. And I get, it's like, like acrophobic. I mean, I really, it's like, I get so scared of heights even watching that, you know, the rooftop concert. I'm always wondering how people just sat on the roof like that and watched it, but uh, it, it was great footage, and now you get to see it in IMAX. So four one three four four five four two three four. But it was really fun watching uh, some of Get Back the other day, and you know, keep watching different episodes. And there's like seven hours of footage here, and uh, just watching how they write songs together and how Billy Preston came in and really changed, you know, the whole attitude of the Beatles at that time. And so because we always think of the Let It Be period as this very maudlin, very um, you know, downtrodden time where guys didn't show up, where George left the band and people didn't work together and so forth. But you can see there's obviously um, a lot of fun that goes on with a lot of this footage. So uh, it's, it's great. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet and you're a Beatles fan, I highly recommend go out and see it, get back, you know, before they take it away from the theaters and everywhere. But actually, it's coming out on DVD on a Blu-ray, the- uh, Blu-ray. So, so yes, I do all of them, you know, Paul, too, you know, just when we were really starting out, you know, we just started writing songs and stuff. But uh yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, it's a fun uh, movie, and uh, Peter Jackson does an amazing job. I, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, but I am a fan of this of this movie. So four and three, four, four, five, four, two, three, four. The IMAX theater, you get to see the Beatles. I remember as a kid, right, going to the triple triple to this really bad movie theater. It was like a haunted house in Mamaroneck, New York, and it, it was like this old. It was like something right out of Phantom of the Opera. It was scary. You go to the bathrooms. It was just a scary place to walk around. It was like this old old theater. And that day they showed Hard Day's Night Help and Yellow Submarine, all, th- all three movies, and we all went. It was just a lot of fun. So, four and three, four, four, five, four, two, three, four. So let's talk about the Rams and the San Francisco 49ers game. Look at the stats in this game. Very strange. Okay, San Francisco, 282 yards. LA, 396. All right, total yards. Uh, excuse me. Um, passing yards, 232 for Garoppolo, 326 for Matt Stafford. Who I'm really, really happy for. Um, rushing yards. Average of San Francisco, 5.6 yards. L.A., 5.2 yards. But not a whole lot of yards on the ground. L.A. ran for 70 yards. And uh, San Francisco only ran for 50. But to me, both coaches just, you know, really, I didn't understand any of the coaching decisions. I mean, the crazy timeouts and, the, you know, and the usages and stoppages and the, uh, you know, ridiculous challenges by McVay. I just didn't just blow all your timeouts at the end of that game. But to me, the biggest problem for San Francisco was they could not run the ball in this game. They just could not run. And when you can't, the thing is, when you can't run and you're Kyle Shanahan, you can't misdirect and you can't scheme. I, well, actually, I didn't see enough misdirect. I mean, I saw more, you know, the week before against the Packers. But when you can't, you know, and against, uh, you know, yeah, against the Packers last week. But when you can't, you know, Run the ball, and you have no success from scrimmage. And 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 Errol Donald is in your backfield, you know. And and you got great players on the Rams. I mean, that play on defense. I mean, it's just amazing to me how 
Shanahan doesn't come up with a couple more screens to Debo Samuel. And like I said, at the end of the game, 146 left. Here comes Garoppolo. Last time they played, he drove him down the field. They came back from 17, the 49ers. Look, the 49ers aren't as talented. Let's put it, let's, you know, let's put it in perspective. Cooper Cup uh, had a tremendous game, 142 yards, 103 yards for Odell Beckham. He's really kind of turned his career around in L.A., and I'm happy for him. And I thought it was really classy. And let's, let's face it, I mean, Odell Beckham has not done a lot of classy things. Although, from what I hear in Cleveland and L.A., even in New York, that his teammates liked him. And it's just, unfortunately, the court of public opinion for a lot of stupid th- things he did on the field and, and, and the lack of discipline that he had. But he seems to have grown up a lot. And I thought when he called, came over to the other side of the field after the game to console Devo Samuel, I thought was just really, really classy and really, really nice. A uh, really nice gesture on the part of Odell Beckham Jr. to come over and console his friend who was you know, basically in tears on the sideline. And they didn't use him enough. They did not use, like, how do you not use this guy? That's what Shannon kills me. And again, he puts the game in the hands of a guy, you know, to me, that's just not that good. Jimmy Garoppolo is just not that good. So we'll see where Garoppolo goes next year. I have no idea if he's coming back. Um, I don't know what the 49ers are going to do. They have obviously drafted a young quarterback. I think that's probably their future at this point. But um, I don't know. I don't know where Garoppolo goes in in, in all of this. But uh, anyway, so Denver goes out and, and they hire the offensive coordinator uh, from, uh, from, from Green Bay. And uh, so he's going to be the head coach there, Nathaniel. And um, so he's going to be coaching uh, the Denver Broncos. And then uh, the uh, Vegas Raiders, they go out and they bring Josh McDaniels in and they bring Ziegler in, who was the player personnel guy from, uh, from the Patriots, and they bring him in. And uh, so a lot of coaching changes. But Matt Stafford had a really good game yesterday. And Cooper Cup was amazing, 142 yards. And this game really came down to the fact that the Rams were down 17-7. The Rams had 396 yards of offense and had time of possession was was very big. What, 35 minutes for the Rams and 24 for San Francisco. So certainly they had the ball, you know, 11 more minutes, almost 12 more minutes in this game, had a lot more yards, but they were behind 17-7. And finally, they decided to get their you-know-what together and they drove a couple, you know, uh, touchdowns and Cooper Cup especially fantastic. And then Gay kicks the, kicks the field goal, and like I said, you got about you know a minute and forty six seconds left in the game. A couple of timeouts, and Garoppolo throws three, you know three passes. Finally gets it gets it picked off, throwing the ball like Charlie Brown into the air because he wanted didn't want to you know have the fourth down in forever. At that point, it was third down and long, and it would have been a fourth down and twenty something if he had just taken the sack. So at that point, he throws the ball up. It's intercepted, and the rest is history. Now the Rams are off to the Super Bowl. And uh, for the first time since they lost to the Patriots. And Avon Miller had a great game. Aaron Donald had a really great game. Aaron Donald might be the best player in all football, pound for pound, as far as any position. And he's not really a tall guy. He's not a super big guy. He's just powerful and strong, you know, and he, he just knocks you down. And I thought that he played a tremendous game yesterday. So who do I like next week? I don't really know. It's not next week. It's two weeks. Don't you hate the two-week layoff? The two-week layoff to me is the dumbest thing. What's the point? What's the point of the two-week layoff? It's about money. It's about advertising. It's about getting tickets for your family. It's about the Pro Bowl, which is always a joke to watch anyway. It's like watching flag football. It's just about the hype. I mean, there was one week I remember specifically, and that was the Bills-Giants game in 90, which did not go for the two-week layoff, obviously, during the war and so forth. But... um, Man, you know, that was a great game. Obviously one of the best Super Bowls of all time. I just think the two-week, you know, hype is just too much sometimes. You don't need all the hype. You don't need a two-week layoff and all the interviews and all the accolades and all the BS and on and on and on for two weeks of press conferences and special features on the players. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> enough already. 413-445-4234. We got about another... Seven minutes right here on WTBR Sports Talk. I wanted to discuss a little bit of NHL action since uh, we're going into a break. Some teams are going to a break. We have the Olympics. And I'm really happy, by the way, that the pro players did not go over to play in the Olympics. I don't like professionals playing in the Olympics. It's supposed to be for amateur players. Wouldn't it have looked ridiculous if in 1980, if you go back that far as well as I do, if it would have been a bunch of pros beating the Russians. Now, let's face it, the Russians are kind of pros anyway. But wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been as great, you know? It wouldn't have been as, as fun. You got a bunch of college kids beating the best team in the world, you know, and the Russian you know, Red Army team. I mean, I can't, it's not, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. 
Who cares when Magic and Jordan went over and they clobbered Brazil, you know, 140 to, you know, to one, you know, to 100 or something, or some European team when they clobbered them and beat them and won the gold medal. I mean, I mean, I just think it, it belongs with the amateurs. So this year, you got a lot of college players playing for the USA hockey team, and it should be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll talk more about the Olympic hockey team as we get into it. Uh, within the next few weeks and so forth. But I just, I'm just i glad the pros didn't go. So about the Bruins, well, the Bruins, you know, have been playing pretty good hockey lately. And uh, the trade deadline, I believe, is in March. So um, they play the Kraken, actually, tonight. And then they take on, um, I believe, is it Pittsburgh? I'm trying to remember if it's Pittsburgh or not. So, But uh, I, know they, I know they have a couple of upcoming games. And, oh, Florida. I think it's Florida. So, But um, the Rangers play Florida, actually, tomorrow night. And then tonight you have the uh, Bruins game against the Kraken. So I know I had written this down someplace. <laughs> Scrummaging through my notes here and remembering what was going on uh, with, the Bo- with the Boston Bruins. Yeah, they play the Pens uh, uh, for, the, for the game on, uh, on Tuesday. And tonight they have the Seattle Kraken. Speaking of the Kraken, you know, this is an expansion team with a lot of good veteran players. And they played the Rangers really well the other day. I mean... The Rangers played terribly. I mean, they really were lousy. I put the game on on Sunday before the championship game, and the Rangers were like, I mean, Igor Sesterkin, who's the goalie for the Rangers, stood on his head making like 43 or 44 saves in this game. And the last time they played the Kraken in Seattle, Seattle outscored them too, and the Rangers still found a way to uh, win the game. Keandre Miller with a goal with about 36 seconds left in the game uh, in the third period to give the Rangers a 3-2 win over the Kraken. And uh, so uh, the Rangers right now sitting pretty in second spot behind Carolina um, and Pittsburgh, actually, uh, in the Metro Division. So uh, Pittsburgh's been playing unbelievable hockey, as they normally do now. Malkin's back, and I'm so tired of Crosby and Malkin and, and you know, of those two guys. I mean, they feel like they've been in the league forever. They have been. So, uh, But Pittsburgh's always a formidable opponent. But uh, going into uh, the trading deadline on the 10th with the NHL, when I look at both teams, you know, the Rangers are so young and still the fourth youngest team in the league. Um, the Devils and Islanders, obviously, right now, they're pretty much out of it. Um, and the Devils are pretty much in a rebuilding team. They have a couple of good young players, obviously, Nico Heischer and, uh, and, and, and uh, Jack Hughes. And, uh, you know, some veteran presence on that team as well. But um, as far as the Bruins go, you know, I still think the Bruins need another right-wing scorer, maybe a centerman. They could use another center behind Berger, uh, Bergeron, let's face it. They, need a, they, they could use a second-line center. So that, to me, would be the guy who would go out and get a second-line center for the Bruins and maybe another defenseman. You know, think of the Rangers now. The Rangers have so many assets they can trade. A lot of young players. Obviously, Kako's hurt right now. And uh, Adam, obviously, Adam Fox, you know, the reigning Norris Trophy winner in the NHL last year, um, he's, he's been hurt. So he's coming back after the break. So we'll see what happens. The Rangers could do a bunch of different things. I still think the Rangers need another score on the right side. They still need a centerman. And uh, but uh, and could use another defenseman. They've had you know up and down uh, nagging injuries to se- you know several defensemen this year, and so uh, a lot of the kids have come up. This kid Schroeder looks really good that they brought up. He's been terrific since they brought him up. And you know Libor Hayek's another young player they could move. I mean, there's a lot of options for the Rangers. It's pretty much with the Rangers are pretty much ahead on schedule right now. Nobody thought that they were going to be this good this year. And also, I, I think that them being good also goes with the decline of some of the teams in the division like Philadelphia, like the Islanders, like the Devils. So, you know, the decline of some of those teams. And then you got in the um, Bruins division, Detroit is behind them. And Detroit's had a nice resurgence this year under the guidance of Steve Eisenman, of course, who built the Tampa Bay teams and uh, now is the general manager of the Detroit Red, Red, say the Detroit Red Wings. I used to do that all the time. I couldn't say Detroit Red Wings really, really fast, like three or four times. But uh, the Detroit Red, Red Wings, see, I did it again. And, uh, but uh, he's done a great job so far. They're a 500 team and uh, challenging, actually, for a playoff spot this year. The Bruins, I think, are about seven points in front of them right now. So 413-445-4234. we got about three minutes left in our program. And uh, thanks for everybody for calling today and tuning in. Totally appreciate it. And uh, as always, right here on uh, Tuesday morning, right here, on WTBR Sports Talk. So 413-445-4234 if you want to chime in for the next couple minutes and discuss anything with the uh, with the NFL or the NBA. And I hope to have uh, the resident expert next week, maybe if Evan wants to come on for maybe 15, 20 minutes and talk about the NBA deadline and the college basketball and so forth. I tuned into a little college basketball this weekend, but uh, haven't really been getting into it yet as I'm coming off all this NFL insanity over the weekend. But So the Super Bowl, well, I tell you, I'm going to give my prediction next week. I will say this that I think that 
the coaching edge right now to me is Zach Taylor because I think McVeigh is a horrible in-game coach. He might be good at preparing and good at you know writing up plays and working with the offensive coordinator, but, but as far as like just in-game decisions, and I think he's incredibly conservative too for a guy you know who has a fine offense, a lot of offensive talent on that team. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be an entertaining game. I, I love Joe Burrow. I, I was so impressed yesterday with his play, and not only that, just just so impressed with. You know, Joe Cool, that's what they call him now, but how cool the guy is. And Evan McPherson, this kid's – that's another reason why I could pick the Bengals next week, a better kicking game. Who do you want, Gay, or do you want, uh, you know, Evan McPherson kicking for you? Because this guy is so solid. I mean, the guy's terrific. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting matchup, and we'll see what happens. So, anyway, until next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. The WTBR Sports Talk right here on 89.7 FM. We'll see you next week. We'll talk about the Super Bowl and all kinds of other stuff. It should be a lot of fun. So thanks to the callers, thanks to Eddie, thanks to Ralph. We'll tune in next week, and we'll see you soon. Thanks a lot.